welcome to Developers Hangout, a podcast for developers by developers, a place where we get together as often as possible and discuss a wide range of topics from the books we're reading to the latest news and commentary on other tech podcasts. I am Nathan Kirschbaum, and joining me is... Hey, I'm Al Nutilli. Hey, Al. How you doing? Good, good. Good, good. Good. And just before we jump in, I want to remind our listeners, we uh, we are sponsored by PHP Architect. Uh, and if you haven't heard of them, PHP Architect has been uh, continuously published since uh, 2002. They are the only technical journal dedicated exclusively to the world of PHP. Uh, so you can check out their website, phparc.com. Uh, they are also the folks who uh, put, on, put on a number of conferences and trainings throughout the year, uh, have a number of books. Uh, so check them out, uh, and thank you again, PHP Architect, for sponsoring us. Okay, so uh, we're going to get right into it with news and other happenings, but the first thing I wanted to uh, just just mention real fast is, Al, your new podcast, um, Reader Listen, uh, yeah. has really kind of been taken off over the last couple of weeks. You've got, I don't know, I think you've got about 10, uh, 10 episodes up already, Uh you know, I, do you want to just explain kind of like how that's been going and maybe tell, you know, we probably have some listeners who haven't checked it out yet. So maybe you want to tell yeah. them what's it about. Yeah. So www.readorlisten.com. And the goal is to just uh, have people um, reading articles that they've enjoyed about tech, coding, developing, uh, or ones you wrote or ones of other people you enjoy. Like I did one of uh, DHH, his uh, oh, TDD cool. testing is dead. Um, and so the goal is just to get a lot of... Uh, uh, info up there because there's so much good stuff to read that sometimes there's not enough day, time in the day to just sit down and read. So if we can listen to those things, but right. um, services like Audible and other services don't really do a good job at that because it's code. Sometimes there's a code block; it doesn't know how to handle that. Right. Uh, so with the human touch, um, we can you know handle technical articles uh, and, and get them up there and, and give it someone a place to listen to articles while they're driving uh, or you know what it, whatever it is that they can't just find time to read. Right, like um, on the treadmill or even yeah. just coding. Sometimes if I'm well, on the treadmill, on... I'm watching Walking Dead, so oh, I'm okay. busy. All right. <laughs> um, but, but overall, yeah, just like it's just, I think it'd be cool. You have enough stuff up there. People could just, you know, uh, put away a few articles a day uh, and just not just keep on top of things, but be refreshed about uh, an idea that you want to get in your head and you need to listen to it like five times. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so yeah, it's it's they're quick, um, and and I'm hoping to get others to join because in the end, it's it's going to be about. I think we can make a good community project out of it, one that uh, if we get sponsorship, it could even be something we could put time into and not feel like uh, it's just free time. Yeah, uh, totally. That type of quality. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm excited yeah. to see where it goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, on to, um, on to our uh, news and other happenings. Um, another PHP Arch, uh, well, January. Yeah, January same, out, same right? release. Yeah. yeah, and one of the next articles is Finding the Solution to the Problem. Uh, it's, a, it's a good read. It's one of the longer reads in the magazine. Uh, and it's just a reminder of uh, how to go about with problem solving or solution solving, uh, how we might we need to step back sometimes and think about the value, think about the business needs, mm. and then how to go about doing it. And how little things like, you know, moving a button or changing colors or whatever, we just got to really think about the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, just a good reminder there. That's cool. Anything yeah. in particular, like, stand out to you as, like, aha or, like... Uh, or is it pretty much just like just a, reminders? Yeah. It, it was cool that he touched on the whole um, B hat BDD Gherkin type flow, mm. so that was neat. Uh, yeah, so cool. Um, one thing I wanted to discuss, uh, uh, there's, <laughs> I, ran, I ran across an article, uh, actually, someone else at work, uh, was talking oh, yeah. about it. Uh, yeah. it's called Ditching Scrum for Kanban, and this uh, is on Reader Listen. 
Yeah, it's on yeah. reader listen. Yeah. It's called the best decision we've made as a team. Yeah, um, that was good. And uh, and th- this one's pretty interesting. Uh, you know, I won't go into it. It's not, it's not too long, um, yeah. but it's basically about a team who's been who they they were really disorganized uh, and decided to take up Scrum and kind of like hired a consultant and like really made it a whole company effort as opposed to just like a developer team. And it did a lot of really good things for them and improved their process and their workflows. Uh, but one one effect that it had for this particular team was that it really uh, kind of tanked their happiness level. <laughs> um, yeah. They had a lot of, uh, you know, it was really hard to estimate, really hard to get everything done in a sprint that needed to get done. And uh, a lot of, st- there were, it was basically <clears throat> just like always a couple items going over into the next sprint, which really, uh, you know, took a toll on people's morale and then kind of like interaction with project managers and other business folks got tricky. Um yeah. And so it was just interesting to hear him talk about, and, and you know, basically he describes it. It's, he, he describes uh, this is Grant uh, Amons, by the way. Uh, he he describes uh, it, you know the Kanban kind of as basically like like sprinting, but without the goalposts at the you know at the end. Like it's it's <laughs> kind of like yeah. you still do all of the practices like uh, like the backlog grooming um, and things like that 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 help you with communication and organization and priority and staying in line with the domain, the business. Um, but yeah. you, you know, you kind of, it has kind of a different focus in terms of like deliverables and, and those types of things. So I thought it was interesting. Yeah. I mean, I mean he's t- right. It's like every two weeks you're stressing out to fit everything in that you never really fit in. Why are we doing it? And, um, you know, it, it was an interesting moment of like, maybe after a year we come back and, and think about what we're doing. It is interesting. Uh, yeah. You've been working on you, so like you've been working on a Kanban project recently. I have never worked on one, but you'd say that it that it did that it did alleviate some of those stressors in in your day to day workflow. I, I don't know if mine was. I, I I know there's some team members who work with with that process, and it's very it's doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't call mine that. In in overall, though, from reading this article and reading what they talked about, it's the same idea and, and the same satisfaction they were getting out of it it's like what's our velocity that's what matters uh and if we keep up that velocity and we're getting things done that need to get done through you know building priority and checking in to take on the next thing in a way that the product owner and you are on the same page Mm. then you can do nothing but succeed and you know but some questions i do have how, how do you know um it it, it would be interesting to see like how do you know what you can commit to for the year because in the end uh product owners want to know that by the end of the year they're going to have x y and z and and that is the same thing you know as as a as a as a sprint or you know you're basically saying in two weeks i'm going to have this because in eight weeks i need to have this right so can you really separate the two i don't know yet uh um, they talk about it here how, you know, this might be more for long-term projects versus, uh, short-term stuff or new stuff. So, um, but the whole idea makes a ton of sense. I think the sprints are hard and people, uh, quoting is hard. Yeah, it is true. It's interesting because when I think about it, like, um, you know, we've been doing sprint for a while now, but we just kind of got, our team has been growing and we kind of got more serious with it in terms of, really uh streamlining some of the practices and formalizing some things um and it's true like i i can't i mean i think in the last four four sprints or so there's always been one or two items that gets carried over yeah Uh, and i can see how that would be draining i mean i kind of like just look at it as like this is part of the process of learning how to do this right and how to to better estimate and we really like we the part of the problem is for at least in terms of our estimating we've been having members join 
you know, so the team I'm on, I've had, I've had one or more members join or leave the team, uh, for good reason. It's not, it's actually not a bad thing. Uh, you know, it's hiring new people or, uh, you know, new projects come up and we need to split up the teams in different ways. Um, but the ultimate, you know, the ultimate end result is you can't really get, you know, you can't really get that velocity down because when your team is changing, yeah, like your yeah. velocity may have been 16 points last sprint, but now you've got two new people or whatever. So maybe uh, um, hard. what we can do is make a, a deep dive out of this and get, uh, I've emailed the writer before and he seems really uh, easy, you know, easy going. We could get him in. Yeah, that'd be cool. Because uh, I read the article after getting his, you know, permission. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, um, so anyway, uh, tell uh, Angular too. I haven't heard that in a while. What? what yeah, I mean, basically Ben uh, Nadell. Um, he's really well known in the Angular community. He's a, he seems to, uh, you know, he writes a lot of good articles, and he's just going at it. And it was just cool to see someone else who is taking this step and realizing how big it is uh, and how it's how he's dealing with it. So it's a good article. Uh, stepping into Angular 2 uh, from someone who's really experienced with Angular 1. Mm-hmm. So just a good reminder, uh, you know, good good inspiration to start taking the step sooner than later. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Can you Do you see a, like, you know, obviously this is pretty <laughs> high level or whatever, but, like, do you see a path? Like, um, yeah, are lots you ex- of work. <laughs> yeah, is it? I, I mean, you just got to learn things. Right. Um, there's no avoiding that, and uh, I don't think the solution is to find a simpler framework. I think... Um, it's a good tool and, and we just got to f- learn the, the right, um, uh, workflows behind it. Yeah. Are you seeing here, things here? So like one interesting thing that's happened, I think in the last six months with our work is we've started to gravitate towards using oh, Angular as well, yeah. kind of a widget and yeah. as, as opposed to a single page app. And I'm wondering yeah. is, do you still feel that way? Having reviewed you know, oh, <laughs> basically two? you're trying to have, uh, the Vu versus Angular JS uh, podcast uh, episode. <laughs> well, I'm just curious if this article. I, I think we should that. save that for that because I think um, I haven't played enough with Vu. Yeah. Uh, in with what we're working on with widgets more than single page applications, you might have a have a point with Vu, honestly. Um, uh, but you know, uh, I think it's a good a good thing that to, to talk about further later on. It's 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 really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing you got to consider though too is. Uh, one other thing going on is we're, we're starting to in, adopt Ionic, which has a lot of Angular um, patterns. Uh, Angu- they use the Angular library. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, we use, it's not that we can't use Vue on the web and that for um, Ionic, um, but it's just a reminder. Right. So. Yeah, I was less concerned with Vue at the moment and more interested in, like, if Angular 2 kind of, like, changes the landscape in terms of SBA versus widget. Oh, well, you're right. Nah. We can go into that later. Yeah, it would be good, but I think it's... Um, uh, I don't know if that will have an effect, whether right. we're SBA or widget, honestly. Right. Um, okay. And um, uh, I think, yeah, you can even find that one on readerlisten.com. Oh, cool. <laughs> Single page app versus widget. Yeah, yeah. Um, so another article I wanted to bring up. Uh, that, oh, yeah, this uh, is a good one. The, the do's and don'ts of blue-green deployment. Uh, so this is something, you know, we've been kind of discussing internally um, just, just in terms of our workflow, Al's been doing a, t- a ton of work with AWS and cloud formation and kind of con- just like the high level continuous delivery strategy and how we can take, you know, a, a bunch of, or a number of, of apps that we've developed over, over, you know, the last year and a half or so and kind of move them more towards, um, continuous delivery. And so this is an article we found 
I think Andy may have found it. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. the um, yeah. uh, it's really good. It kind of, you know, you, you folks may have heard of blue-green deployments before. They they actually go by a number of things. Uh, you get, sometimes they're called A-B deployments. But the, the, the basic premise is that you're changing out the hardware um, at least the hardware uh, on on every kind of deployment. So you'd have kind of server A and server B, and when it's time to deploy, you get things set up on server B uh, with you know like kind of different hardware. Uh, get everything tested out, and then when it's time to make the switch, you be- use a load balancer and do kind of a, a cutoff from A to B. Um, and there's, of course, this isn't the only way to do it. There's other things. Uh, to, there's a lot of other things to think about. We talked in, I don't know, I guess it was four or five episodes ago about the Phoenix pattern, which is kind of similar to this, but a little different. Um, so anyway, but this, I won't go into too much detail here, but it, it was pretty interesting. They go through a bunch of like uh, the experiences they have in terms of you know, uh, what you should reUse, how you should do the switching, you know DNS configurations, Amazon yeah, configurations, LB. health yeah. checks, you know yeah. uh, what what you know they have opinions on what <laughs> to, what to yeah what yeah. to use in, in terms of cloud formation and not, which is interesting. I'm gonna at least ping you on this later to find out if you agree with it. you know they're basically saying don't use cloud formation to to orchestrate certain things because yeah uh, it's not it's not particularly quick and reactive. Um, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, yeah, it's it's a bigger picture, but it, it's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's a it's a good article. It's definitely worth reading. Cool, cool. Um, and I think the next one is an Ansible tutorial. Oh, you linked to this one. Did you do feature toggles? I thought you wanted you you found a feature toggle article you wanted to bring up. Um, I don't have it here. I'll bring it up on the next one, right? Oh, okay. Sure. Whatever. whatever. Oh, you're right. It was covered. Okay. Thank you. Uh-huh. So I'll link to, uh, there's an article on Martin Fowler's blog, but it's by Pete Hogson. Uh, and it just goes over feature toggles and, and it's really an important topic for us right now as we move into a more continuous, um, deployment, um, workflow. And it covers some of the, the things that, uh, um, you know, to, to consider with this, but I also liked how they broke it up into um, the different type of toggles, release toggles, ops toggles, experiment toggles, uh, mm. permission toggles, and how he just goes over these things in different uses uses for these feature flags or toggles. Um, so yeah, it's a good read as, as if you're interested in the feature stuff. There's so much good stuff out there and uh, in, in, I think just enough proof that this is a good uh, pattern for uh, releasing products. Yeah, definitely. I want to get into it more. One thing that I've been thinking about the last few days, kind of as going going through these articles and some other stuff that we're looking at, is like um, a lot of the solutions we've been looking at so far are um, back end solutions, um, and 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 uh, I want to also look into like how people are solving this problem when they're using a single page app. Um, you know, yeah. cause, cause we've, we've got to deal with that too. It's not just a backend feature toggle. It's, we've, we've got, ang- yeah. we got to have the angular level feature toggle as well. And yeah. w- wouldn't it be nice if they could, uh, correlate, right? So, so basically the backend feature toggle also triggered the front end one and we didn't have yeah. to, you know, we didn't have to think about the two. Yeah. Um, I think you could do that. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, so another uh, the, the final article we wanted to talk about uh, for for the news and other happenings is um, an Ansible tutorial. Uh, so Ansible, for those of you who don't know, is an automation tool. Um, it's uh, for per, you know management and provisioning. Uh, it's con- it's similar to Chef or Puppet. Um, but it's di- it's different, and and you should definitely check it out and take a look at it. This uh, yeah, Al's been working with it a bit, and I just started working with it this last week. Um, and it really, uh, it was really nice. I mean, you know, I all I was doing was I needed to figure out a way to 
without touching the server, without me having to log into the server, I really needed to uh, get Supervisor D set up, just simple, you know, basic basic stuff. Um, and I also wanted to be able to fire up some daemons, um, just, you know, and, and have that be variable depending on what environment. So if I'm on a, you know, the dev environment, I might only want, uh, th- you know, three daemons, but if I'm on production, I might want 10. Uh, and so I wanted to figure out how to do that with, um, you know, basically with with everything in source control and just being able to uh, hit a button to deploy and just have it automatically happen in a really safe way. Um, and so Al introduced me to this. Uh, this article is really cool. It's not, you know, it's, it's not, it's a medium-sized article, but it really walks you through everything in great detail. Yeah. And um, it just answers a lot of questions. And, and it's so cool. I'm, I'm you know, yeah. I wish I was using this before now. Honestly. Yeah, the only thing I didn't, I totally get was he had the syntax going on in the template system that I thought had a few bit uh, too many commas or semicolons or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but again, I just referenced the Ansible docs and I was back in business. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe he was doing something different or a different version. Uh, but yeah, it's a good article. It's a good uh, overview. And this whole site is really uh, servers for hackers is a, is a good site for um, uh, getting a sense of the stuff as, as, a, as a developer who needs to know some DevOps. Absolutely. Yeah, they've been doing a good job. So uh, let's dive into latest readings. We've yes, uh, still on continuous delivery. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's going to be that way for a while. I mean, we're probably halfway through the book or something, but it's such a big topic. Um, It is, and all, but you know, and we're in the commit stage chapter. uh, A lot of overview um, of of the process of committing and what it means and how it looks like for the team. Yeah. Are you enjoying the book overall? I am. Yeah. Like it's a lot. I mean, I wish I, you know, it's one yeah. of those things where like um, I'm enjoying it, but I'm really kind of relying on you and others to yeah. kind of help form the direction because uh, I'm I'm the kind of person that like if I'm gonna like if I'm gonna be like making decisions about things, I would want to yeah. be like really d- diving in deep. And it's just like the the you know these guys talk you know Jez yeah. uh, Humble and and others like they talk from such deep experience that like yeah. it would take you know it would real I would really need to spend a decent amount of time like digging into it to really understand everything yeah. they're saying. But it is useful for me, and I'm really happy to work you know with people like you who are you do have extra you know you're yeah, you're kind of like DevOps. taking on this responsibility yeah. of getting this worked out I, for us. And I just and wish they used less words. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, this book is so big, and uh, I'm starting to realize, like, I think the next trend is, like, converting books into 10 YouTube videos. <laughs> it's like, in the end, I think a lot of this could have just been shown and said more quickly. Um, yeah. And Jez has a number of good YouTube videos describing all this stuff. Uh, so I, I wonder if it all could have just sunk in just as quickly. Because they're not just selling us on it because we're already sold. Uh, they're helping us to understand the the mindset. Yeah, I, you know, whenever this happens to me, I always like it's it's always one of those things because because you know these guys are not like stupid people. Like the, these guys are like really highly educated people, and yeah. so the thing yeah. what always gets me with this kind of stuff is like, is it really that they're saying too much, or is it like the the detail? Like I'm not fully understanding the details because there must be some good, you know, because a lot of time I think good authors try to like make their words concise and i think they had and, a quota precise you think <laughs> yes. wow <laughs> that's what i think about maybe books. it is a little it is it does yeah. feel wordy i just uh, but whenever i ask a lot of people i ask are like um they don't read as many books because there's so much out there in blog posts and videos and you start to realize how efficient uh, that can really be right uh, like that series we did on no sql i'm like that was kind of enjoyable yeah and i got a lot out of it and i have another book on no sql and i'll read it but i'm not 
uh, I feel like there's a lot of time oh, spent. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The last couple people we've hired actually have, that's been their responses yeah. when we start asking about learning and continuous training. Like, oh, you know, some of them are read, read books or enjoy reading books, but, but, but most are like into the videos. Yeah. YouTube, yeah. which is legit. Start. It's like, yeah. you're, it's funny. We don't, um, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a culture thing you can easily, or a generation thing where you can easily be like, oh, that's not as legit as a reading. Uh, right. But it, there's nothing, uh, there's, it's not, it's totally fine. Yeah. It's like when the first books came out, we were like, that's not how you learn. <laughs> so, all right, well, let's go into the deep dive. Um, this good. is one of my favorite things that comes out, I think more than once a year. Yeah. Um, but it's the technology radar by ThoughtWorks. And um, it's this great collection of um, things that they've been researching, using, and so forth, because as a company, they try to really stay on top of things, which I appreciate a lot because I know a lot of companies that just use something and that's what they use and that's who they are, no matter, you know, they're still using, uh, you know, things that obviously should be gone. Um, And so uh, they list out in four sections, techniques, tools, platforms, languages, and frameworks, the things that they feel like we should either, and they break this down into four sections, adopt, trial, assess, or hold. And so what you get is this really great diagram of, of, these, uh, of these items that you just can think about and, and get a sense of. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to cover, uh, this came out in November, so we'll cover this and we'll cover the next one and we'll make this a pattern of our own. Um, uh, as they come out, and you know, I, I said, the, you know, I mentioned to Nathan that uh, you know, let's just look at these and, and, and from each of the four sections, techniques, tools, platforms, language, and frameworks, uh, see what was new to us, see what we knew was coming, and just see if there's anything we don't agree with. Right. Because, um, you know, they're not perfect. Yeah, totally. Um, like, I don't know. I just realized that they finally, they realized uh, PHP exists. Uh, they mentioned something about PHP in one of them. Yeah. Um, but that's rare. <laughs> yeah, totally. The um, one thing I wanted to mention, uh, like before we dive in is just kind of they, they, and actually you may, you may agree or disagree with some of these, but the, um, they, they basically called out four areas. I think one, one, one item from each area that kind of, like, oh, yeah. that kind of like encapsulated, you know, what was going on in each of the areas. Uh, so I'll mention those real, real quick. Cause I think, I think they're kind of interesting. Um, yeah. So the first is Docker Insights Container Ecosystem Explosion. Um, and so obviously Docker and the different uses for Docker and the tooling around Docker has been uh, kind of, you know, uh, it's it's kind of been like the Wild West a bit over the last couple of years and a lot of exciting things happening there. So I'm sure that'll come up more in a minute. But that's that was one of their top things. Um, another, which we are familiar with, is microservices uh, and kind of related tools. It seems that um, you know, in terms of continuous delivery and continuous integration, um, folks are, you know, kind of more seriously embracing microservices and there's a continued trend in that direction. Um, the third item would be JavaScript tooling. Uh, and, that, and this is interesting. Actually, the, the headline of it is JavaScript tooling settles to merely chaotic, uh, which this is my yeah. favorite. This was my favorite. Cause, uh, yeah, over the last year and a half, two years, like JavaScript has been crazy. There's like a yeah. new framework every week. Like, uh, you know, ECMA six is turning into JavaScript 2015 and then back to ECMA. And it's just like, Whoa, there's just a lot going on. Um, so it's interesting, though. I guess it's starting to calm down a bit. Um, and they have videos for all of these, so that's good. Yeah, that's the, all those high-level ones. Interesting. Um, and then the fourth item they mention is um, security is everybody's problem. Um, and they mention, like, a number of security issues that have come up over the last year. Um, and they also go into some of the solutions for that, um, which we'll yeah. talk about in a bit. 
Um, right. So anyway, those are the main categories or the tops of the main categories according to uh, these guys. All right. So yeah, so let's head into uh, um, what they call techniques. Uh, and so for me, um, we'll just do one section at a time. For me, uh, new to me was QA on production. Uh, that was an interesting topic they brought up. Um, and uh, it's in their trial phase. That means you know they're trying it out. They wouldn't say adopt it. And uh, it was just interesting, um, you know, uh, how they would approach doing QA in production uh, and, and start doing it there instead of just on staging or pre-deployment kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So yeah, mm-hmm. that was a good one. Yeah, that's interesting. So is I, I'm not that familiar with it, but is that is that kind of like most of the QA happens on production, and or is it all of the QA happens on production? Uh, I think it was a mix, but yeah. it definitely made a bigger focus on on ongoing um, work to monitor uh, production, um, yeah. manual and automated. Yeah. So um, there's a few things that stood out here to me. That, that makes sense. The um, oh, everything stood out. Yeah, there's I mean, it's really cool stuff. to look at this stuff. Yeah. But a, a couple items like um, the whole products over projects uh, technique. Uh, and this is in the adopt category, so they're highly recommending this. Uh, and to me, this is just an, this is kind of an extension of um, of kind of like uh, you know domain thinking, I guess, uh, and 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 kind yeah. of agile thinking. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, it's it was it's kind of more on the business level, which I'm not usually as interested in. But I think I think it has such a big impact on us as developers that when businesses think of their uh, of what they're doing as products over projects it's really important um yeah. it, it's just like yeah. when i used to do like little uh it's so funny when i used to do like little like smaller websites you know i'd i'd i'd, I'd talk to like small businesses and they didn't you know they they like wouldn't want to spend a few thousand dollars on their website um you know but they'll spend thirty thousand dollars on their car you know and it's like the uh it, it's just so funny because like that you know the car they just want to be comfortable or what i don't know why people spend that much money on a car but the the um you know it, it's like your website is your car. Like it's really important to focus on that. And, and so this has a similar kind of like flavor to me in that I think people tend to, um, not look at things. <laughs> They're not looking at this the right way. They look at a project as something that's like a confined budget that like has a confined time period that you just get done. Whereas like with a product, you're, um, there's, there's kind of an expectation that there is going to be ongoing investment, ongoing, yeah. Uh, kind of energy being put into this thing, yeah. and I think it really has a, a pretty big impact on the the output and yeah. just kind in of like to, the, in the way to manage it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one that I saw coming was consumer driven con- contracts, which we've been struggling with um, as mm. we start building APIs, microservices, or relying on APIs, and how do we build these out right. uh, so we can keep everybody can keep in line with everybody else. Yeah. Uh, so that's a that's one they're saying to adopt, uh, and we definitely need to adopt it. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see what they ha- what people have in terms of solutions in this particular space. Because um, yeah. well, what we need to have. <laughs> well, right. But I mean, yeah. you know, like I I like to start with seeing what's out there, and the yeah. um, the uh, you know this is a bi- this is a really big problem, uh, especially as we move more towards the microservices architecture. Yeah. Um, it's just critical. We've had a couple times this this last year where. It, you know, someone's API will change and it breaks stuff that was unintended and it's because we didn't have these uh, consumer-driven contracts. Yeah. Anything you saw coming? Um, 
Let's see. What was uh, there was uh, obviously the Phoenix environments were interesting to me. So they're uh, yeah. they're number sixteen on the list. They're in, in the trial phase. Yeah. Um, but I this this for those of you who don't know is kind of we talked about it in a previous podcast. But this is kind of the idea that um, huh. you know your your production environment is kind of com- is completely new and generated every time, and then you kill it. So so when you're ready to do a deployment, you kind of swing in a whole new set of hardware and uh, infrastructure and ever, everything and just kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's tested, it's not change. you know, you don't change it. You're not messing around with doing server updates or those kind of things. Cause it's all, it's kind of like single use, single use, you use it for whatever period of time yeah. and then it's done. Uh, Which so is I, what we're building out now. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. So the, the one hold, I don't, that, that there's some interesting holds too. the, Oh, go, go ahead. You were going to say, well, one I don't agree with is the, uh, microservice envy, mm. uh, in, in, um, well, I do an and why did I do an and, uh, microservice envy I have down in programming in your CI CD tool. Mm. Um, that's interesting. Well, I guess I agree with them in the sense of like, you shouldn't do it, but, uh, I don't understand. This is where the hold got a little bit of a double negative. Uh, or whatever, so it got a little confusing. But I think the microservice envy, um, it's, you know, and I think they're saying it too, it's like just be careful when building them, so I agree with that. But in the end, um, I still think it's a good pattern to hold on to. Yeah. I feel like what happens a lot, and maybe what they're talking about here, is that, uh, you know, there's not a good need for it, and it's kind of just like what, you know, it's like, well, everyone else is doing it, so I'm going to do it. And that's, I think that's, you know... uh, I've seen, you know, and then we've, I mean, we've talked about this before on the podcast too, where there's, you know, you can, um, you can do it too soon. And sometimes it's better to like have a bit of a monolith application and then break it out into microservices because you'll know more then than you did when you tried to plan some complicated microservice infrastructure at the beginning Yeah. when you knew the least you ever will about whatever it is you're working on. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that was definitely interesting. Um, I mean, a couple of things I liked on the hold section for techniques was Gitflow. Um, you know, so that's interesting, which is it's interesting because it was one of the most popular uh, things to discuss a couple of years ago uh, when it came out. Uh, and yeah. it, for those of you who yeah. don't know, Gitflow is like a it's like it's 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 a it's a command line tool that basically uh, enforces a certain workflow into your Git. So you you know you can't you have to merge into certain branches or you can't do this and that on the other branch and it's kind of all very well defined. Well, it's um, funny how a lot of this is coming back to uh, continuous deployment. I oh, mean, yeah. a lot of these things, um, Phoenix servers and so forth, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. In, in Git flow just doesn't work with that. Right. The other thing I liked on the hold pattern was a separate DevOps team. I really. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a good point. I really yeah. like the idea of having like uh, what do they call those uh, when your team is like kind of a cross a cross platform team. Yeah. Like I, I love it because yeah. like our team is there's so many people like you know the, we've got people on our team who've been like doing DevOps stuff for ten years who are just awesome at it. Uh, and you know you're probably in that category, although you're not a huge DevOps fan. Uh, no, now I am. All right, yeah, now that you're in AWS land because it's it's no, new and yeah. Fun well, and now that no one, I realize on DevOps, no one really wants to talk to you. <laughs> Um, so, but that's cool. But I mean, we also have people who do, who specialize in C++, uh, and that's, you know, that's really interesting to me too. I don't, you know, I'm not sure I have any interest to learn that, but, but it's cool to be able to work with folks and have kind of cross functional teams. I really like that. Um, all right. Well, the next section is, is, uh, is tools. So, um, what was new to me is the, uh, Zed 
what do they call it? Zap number 71. Uh, the Z attack proxy. So it's just an interesting thing, a tool that I'm, I have to look into to, to help more easily um, test our projects. Uh, mm-hmm. Instead of building our own, we could put this into place. It's by OWASP, who, who do a lot of great stuff for open source, mm-hmm. uh, like free uh, information about this stuff. Yeah. So. Cool. Anything um, new to you here? Yeah, there's a couple things, actually. I mean, there's always a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a, like, uh, yeah, there's a, uh, probably like 75% of the stuff on here I hadn't actually heard of even. Um, but, I mean, there's a couple things I'd mention, like uh, uh, gauge is an an assess level item. Uh, so it, it's, um, it's kind of on the lower. It's kind of like just exploratory. But it basically is a um, – it was kind of cool. It's a um, – it's a acceptance testing type framework yeah. that you can write huh. in Markdown, uh, and then there's got <laughs> there's got hilarious. plugins for uh, different languages that That's you can really uh, that you can use. And the whole point of it is to have like you know wow. kind of like what you were talking about Al before with, with yeah. B-Hat, where we got away from having pure like business language, uh, you know. This so it's interesting. Um, yeah. Of course, it's their product, so of course, of course, it up there. of course, yeah. Um, <laughs> Man, we got to be careful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so, but there's other cool stuff like let's encrypt is huge, right? I think we, yeah. I don't even know if we talked about that this before on the podcast, for those of you who haven't heard about let's encrypt, um, you may have heard of it because, uh, Taylor is, has, uh, impl- impl- integrated <clears throat> it into did. forge. So it's yeah. so easy to use, but basically it's a new, uh, yeah, it's, a a, it's a new authority for uh, authenticate or for issuing, uh, SSL certificates and it's free. Yeah. It costs nothing. Yeah. No, it's great. Uh, and it's just so easy to use and so easy to maintain. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that because it means that pretty much going forward, all of my sites are going to be uh, yeah. encrypted, which is great. Um, oh, it's good. Yeah, there's um, more that could be said, but what, what are your thoughts? So one thing I saw coming was the Lambda one. It's been on the right. back of my mind for a while, and it's a tool that they say um, – where is it? Is it in trial, assess um, – ooh, my mistake. Composer. Right. Is here. So finally, mm-hmm. PHP gets some respect and they put Composer at number 56. It's at the top of the list in terms of tooling. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's probably just alphabetical order, right. CMP. Um, but honestly, to see anything PHP in this world is, is always fun. Um, so, because, you know, this ThoughtWorks is, is heavy on the Ruby and uh, Go and other um, mm-hmm. more res- respectable, in quotes, <laughs> languages. Uh, but as a fan and, and as PHP, I'm glad to see Composer here, which we've been enjoying for a couple of years now. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad they finally figured it out. And, you know, after using Rails for a while um, back then, I think Composer rocks. It's just so fast and solid. Yeah. So I just totally enjoy it. Yeah, totally. All right. Um, what else you got here that you saw coming? Um well, let's see. I mean, the, uh, the I thought Git Rob was kind of cool. So they Git Git Rob. I mean, I, you know, it's just kind of a little add-on package. But basically, what it'll do is you can you can install yeah. it and enable. Yeah, that's it, a good idea. Yeah. And it will search your account for. Yeah. You, is it a daemon you run? A daemon you run, or is it a service? Because I'm sick of these services. I'm giving all my GitHub access to. Yeah, no, that's it's a good a point. It's no, a great. Yeah. It's a daemon. Um, I'll be checking that. Yeah, one out. so so it'll it'll basically notify you right away if you got any security keys. I guess it's pretty bad. Like they have, there are people who have uh, oh, yeah. scripts set up to search to search public repositories, and they by the we time we got a you call from out, AWS once. Oh, really? They found a token in one of our repos that were public, and they oh, wow. called us within the hour. It wow. was just awesome. That's or email. I mean, it might even have been support call, but it was definitely something came into the 
owners. Yeah, they were saying in here that like even minutes is like a real problem because the um, yeah. people have scripts Bots. that will automatically detect yeah. them and then spin up AWS yeah, uh, EC2 awesome. instances <laughs> and brilliant. and do Bitcoin mining. Yeah. You know, so they like spin up brilliant. ten instances and and mine for Bitcoins, and you got to pay for the whole thing. That was uh, awesome. <laughs> Uh, there was, there was, uh, the only thing I don't agree with is I don't think I kind of, <clears throat> they have Postman here as an adopt. And I think the tool is good to, uh, do disposable work, but I think people should, uh, I know for me, if I lean on it too much, I'm taking myself away from writing a unit test. Uh, so it's a lot easier to write a unit test to do, uh, to hit something, uh, versus Postman. Yeah. That's a good uh, and point. then, and then you walk away with a unit test and something you could, um, maybe use later on for contract test. Yeah. Um, I think what, what I agree with that point entirely where, where I, where I really enjoy postman is like, I, I'm not a huge fan of having to parse, um, <clears throat> JSON on my, uh, on my, in my terminal screen. Yeah, like if I've yeah. got a giant oh, thing, that's a good point. Um, yeah. so postman can be pretty nice for that. No, it's a real, and that's what I, yeah, I think it's great for that. I just find it, it's just one more place I have stuff and it becomes a place I can't keep organized. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think it's a great tool. I just don't think it's worth uh, considering more than just a... a uh, it's like that website I go to for JSON validation. Right. I, I wouldn't put that here, but I go there when I need to do something <laughs> really quick. You know? That's a good point. Um, all right, so the next section is platforms. Um, for me, the DS1, uh, I've been noticing, and it's new to me because I'm glad to see it here. Uh, and it's something as we... Uh, try to make a very uh, concise way to spin up environments. It was interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and being someone who used to use Heroku for a little while, I was really impressed with a lot of their features, and, and it kind of recreates that. What does it do? I don't. I'm, I actually don't know it, anything about it. It basically creates a command line interface to uh, spin up environments uh, and all that entails, hmm. um, and then to add more or take it down uh, as needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you get this nice workflow uh, to to do all that stuff and to report on things, uh, and it might even do more um, with your local environment as well. But in the end, it's just a nice way to. Um, to 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 spin up these environments. That's cool. Um, you know, for us, you know, we got to still think about local development. And, and even though you have everything solved at the cloud formation level, what do you have solved at your local level to mimic that? Mm. Um, you know, and, and so maybe it will help there. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. What was new to you on this list? Um, there's quite a bit that's new, actually. But I was excited about um, Fastly is pretty neat. I had heard about Fastly before because I think... Um, I think Drupal.org oh, yeah. recently switched over to using Fastly. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah. And it's really cool. It's a CDN that, do, yeah. that just kind of does things in a really unique way and is like one of the fast, if not the fastest, one of the fastest and least expensive CDNs out there. Uh, so that was pretty That's cool. Um, I was really happy to see that uh, the two-factor authentication, TOTP, so time-based two-factor authentication, uh, made the adopt. Uh, I think that's that's really been a game changer for us in terms of security. Uh, Over the last year, it's just become so easy to implement two factor authentication on all of our apps, Um, which is, which is huge. Um, Yeah. Um, One of the ones here on trial that um, I saw coming and I mentioned it earlier when I got confused is Lambda. And I just, uh, it's a mind blower. Like it's paradigm shifting way of thinking and it's, I need to embrace it more because it Mm -hmm. makes me need to code less 
Um, and one in the article I referenced in PHP Architect uh, also talked about that. Like as engineers or whatever we are, we have to sometimes realize uh, the last thing we want to do is code, because mm-hmm. uh, in the end we might want to think of like the most efficient way to do something. And so Lambda takes a chunk of that responsibility off our hand and, and can do a lot for us, um, especially when you tie it into the uh, Amazon Gateway. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be you could do a lot <laughs> and, and not even have any code in your in your um, uh, in, in, to do all this complex stuff like wake up queues, wake up workers, right. track a queue, mon- notify people, whatever. Yeah, and you um, can even do more complicated stuff. I guess right yeah, now they're doing totally. it's it, it, they just support JavaScript and Java, I think. Yeah, but but yeah. in the future they say they're going to support more. So maybe, oh, I'm sure. You know. Yeah, I mean you could do everything right now with the JavaScript. I'm sure. Yeah, in their API front end too. I mean it's just it's endless what you could do. It's just a whole new world. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was interesting. Uh, and it's something I saw coming, but I have not had time. There was nothing in this list I didn't agree with. Was there anything you saw coming that you now you see here? No, I, I did. Uh, so that one of the things on their hold is speedy, which is oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't know much about it, but I know like, I don't know, two or three years ago, I worked on a project where that significantly increased the page load time, I think, yeah. over HTTPS connections. So I'm, I'm curious like why that, I, I'll have to redo research and find out because I don't know, but I'm curious why that got the boot. Um, I think because Google's dropping it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. The, the last section is uh, language and frameworks. Uh, and there's no PHP here, um, <laughs> but what do we got? We got there's no React. view either, which I'm very disappointed. I know. Hey, you're right, actually. You're right. Uh, we ha- they had React Native, which I didn't, uh, that was new to me. Uh, in React Native, um, as we start thinking more about React, because Angular's great, but when it comes to speed and non-binding, React was an interesting way to go. Mm-hmm. And we start thinking more about GraphQL and some of our applications. Um, the whole React Native I didn't even know about, or I heard about it but forgot, um, uh, was was something that they talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just, you know, uh, using that to make mobile clients. Right. So, yeah. Anything new to you here? Uh, but there's a bunch <clears throat> of new stuff. One thing that stood out as kind of cool. I, I keep my eye on the Ruby world a bit. Yeah. I'm not a Ruby programmer. I mean, I can I can get around, but I'm not I'm not a Ruby programmer. But the um, uh, traveling Ruby sounds pretty cool. So <laughs> yeah. This, yeah, so this is like uh, you you basically it's almost like you can create a a binary, and so you oh, don't yeah. you don't need all of the um, typical yeah. extraneous well, stuff a, that you would yeah. need to run Ruby. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that's kind of cool. Um, one thing I saw coming was material UI. I really like what uh, Google's doing, and I we have some examples we can be using right now um, for Angular stuff, but we just can't because the theme we work in is Bootstrap, and it just would look mm-hmm. odd. Um, but it just really is clean and nice. And when I was using um, Android for a bit, it's just like wow, it's come a long ways. So yeah. One thing, so they they in their adopt their number one thing for language and framework in the adopt section is ECMAScript six. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's cool. I I I need maybe I need to research it more. I thought that got renamed to JavaScript twenty fifteen, but whatever. Um, I need to tackle this though. It's like that Ben a, a, uh, uh, Ben Nadell post. You know, yeah, this is part of it. I'm pretty excited about it because if you looked at we did we did do a podcast a while ago about what kind of what some of the things were in there and it was really cool. It actually, it kind of moved forward JavaScript oh, yeah, in a way in terms and, and in terms of object oriented thinking and class structure. And, uh, yeah. I, you know, it really was kind of more in line with what I'm familiar with. So that, that is exciting. 
Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of new syntax rules and things like that, though. So um, it'll be yeah, exciting. There was nothing I didn't agree with here. Uh, they had nothing on hold. Um, they did have assess for Ember JS. I'm, I'm glad to see Ember starting to get some attention. I haven't worked with um, Ember yet, but I would be excited to. It's it's it would have been good for us to use because uh, unlike Angular, it's more opinionated. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I didn't choose that. Um, I think uh, um, there's no good reason. <laughs> I think it would have been a good choice. Yeah, maybe we should yeah. throw that in there when we when we think about. I don't know. Maybe it's too much, but maybe we should, when we do our kind of Angular versus Vue, maybe we should think about. Maybe, yeah, as well. it, yeah. It's a good point. Um, yeah. Or another episode, but anyway, it, it's, it's a big one though. Yeah. But it would be interesting, right? Um, all right. I mean, there's just tons of stuff here, and I can't. I just got to tell anyone who's into this stuff to just keep an eye on this. It's a it's a great read, uh, and and um, it's it's just fun yeah. to see what's out there. A lot of good so. ideas. You basically can see what people have been working on, you know, over the last few years, and what what's taken off. Uh, give you a lot of ideas. Yeah. All right. So uh, that's it. I mean, we have uh, a lot more episodes planned for this year, so we'll, uh, we'll be back shortly. Talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to the show. If you can just take a moment to rate us on iTunes, it's a big, big help. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Devs Hangout and tweet about the show. Another way is to visit our website at developershangout.io. Leave comments, suggestions, and see show notes. Uh, it really helps us to get the feedback keeps us focused gives us ideas gives us energy for the next show and once more we just want to say thanks to our sponsors php art for putting out a great magazine every month and including us in it thanks again see you next show